Hello, welcome to Geeks and Niche. This is episode 113. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And our podcast, each week we will be sort of discussing our weekly viewing, reading or playing geeky habits, whilst mm-hmm. also chatting about a bit of geeky news, as well as reviewing something from the comic book movies or TV shows. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We'd also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You may also feel free to donate cash to Ko-Fi. Money, 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 money. All that shizzle. (laughs) So (laughs) one day we can be like, Driving like Dre with the the you know the bouncing wheels. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a busy week for the news world. There's a few things <clears throat> came out. A Fast and Furious trailer was one of them. Um, yeah. No one goes to space. Spoiler. <laughs> well, they didn't show that in the trailer. Well, anyway. That we know of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, that was terrible. Um, that was that was the worst part about that last movie. So. Yeah. I mean, it still looks uh, just as ridiculous, but, uh, you know, definitely got to go see it. I also um, find it hilarious that The Rock kind of messed up his chance to continue to be in this franchise because they keep all the other characters <clears throat> from the films oh, yeah. that he was in, but they don't keep him. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? That trailer literally shows every single person. Like, Except him. Yeah. And even Jason Statham is yeah. Like Jason Statham's <laughs> brilliant. And I, I just, I, I'm assuming that there's probably not going to be another <clears throat> film with Jason Statham and The Rock, even though they kind of left it open. The Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, the Rock has said he's done with Fast and Furious. But I think what it is, is I like The Rock, but I think The Rock likes to make it about him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you kind of get that feeling, don't you? I think he wanted to come in and turn the Fast and Furious franchise into something about him. Yeah. And Vin Diesel and everyone was like, well, no, 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 this is our franchise. Like, it's we're about happy. family, man. It's about yeah, family. we're happy to include you, but it's not about you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I think that's probably what happened with DC. He went over to DC and was like, look, man, got this great idea for the DCU. Basically, I'm going to be a focal point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everybody, pay attention to me. I mean, like, I I'm, think, <laughs> like it's sorry, not. Go, go I, I think, like, I love him, and I love that he came from pretty much nothing and built this empire around himself. But like, it. I mean, like, you can make other movies that don't revolve around you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's he's trying to make Jumanji about him now. So yeah. I think he's got his Jumanji franchise, but I don't, and, you know. I, I the first think... one was good. The second one was terrible. So Yeah, terrible. I, the second one was, it was okay, the second one. But apparently now they're going to try and expand that Jumanji world and incorporate, I've forgotten the name of it, the um, space board that they had. You know, there Oh, Zathura. Yeah, Zathura, yeah. Like, apparently mm-hmm. going to try and incorporate that <clears> as well. And... Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the Rock wants to do. I think he's a bit annoyed that DC didn't want to have him as the focal point. Yeah, so, like. I mean, I I would like would not be surprised at all if somehow in like the next few years or so we see him in the MCU at some point as a big fu to the DCU. Oh yeah, like hundred percent. I think he he will be over at Marvel, but I think he's going to have to understand. You're just a piece. You have to play with the other kids in the sandbox, man. You can't just keep the sandbox to yourself. hundred percent. So there was also a lot of Nintendo news that came out. So gonna right. roll that clip. We're gonna get to some <laughs> Nintendo goodies. Hang on a second. Oh man, who doesn't remember that sound? I love that sound. Yeah. Game Boy I love this games sound are being too. added to Nintendo Switch online. On Nintendo Switch, oh my God. you can play Zelda. these games anytime, anywhere. Like original like Zelda back in the day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's introduce Tetris. the games oh, that will be available at launch. Tetris, man, Tetris used to drive me nuts. Tetris, arrange the falling Tetraminos and aim for a high score. Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Oh my gosh, Reclaim this brings back so many memories. Stole from you. I used to have this. Yeah. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX. See the ball with the, the chain. To escape Covalent yes. Island. They have that in the new uh, Mario Odyssey. Oh yeah? Gargoyle's Quest. Save the Ghoul Realm as Gargoyles. Firebrand I don't from remember the Ghost this one. and Goblin series. No, I don't remember this. Game & Watch Gallery 3. Play an assortment <laughs> of Game & Watch titles. 
No, I don't remember this. Alone in the dark, the new nightmare. Solve a murder mystery on the supernatural Shadow Island. That is Metroid cool. 2 Return of Samus. Destroy the Metroids hiding on planet SR388. Wario Land 3. Oh, Wario. Traverse oh my a world gosh. that changes between day and night based on your actions. <laughs> I don't remember. I never played this. Kirby's Dreamland. Oh, Kirby! Float, inhale, and spit out enemies. I did play. Kirby's I did play this. Title. Kirby was always so silly. It was just. I mean, it's, I mean, it's exactly like Mario, but still, Kirby was fun. Is, you can use the Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, or Game Boy Color screen filters. Now, Up the Game Boy Color is the one I never ever played. I don't think I played any games on the Game Boy Color. No, I didn't either. More games will be added in the future. Well, that's and pretty cool. Oh, wait, there's on. more. There's more. There's more. There's more. Oh my God, the Game Boy Advance. I had this. I had the purple one. Game Boy Advance games are being added to Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Here are the games that you can play at launch. Oh my gosh. Now, this Super, Super Mario, Mario World... Advance 4. Super that Mario game. Brothers 3. Ugh. Play 38 extra levels from the Nintendo e-reader accessory. WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games. Experience Ew. the origins of the lightning-fast micro games. Kudu Kudu Kudurin. Guide the spinning stick to the goal without hitting obstacles. That seems stressful. Mario Kart Super <laughs> Circuit. Race in the first Mario Kart oh, game created this. for a portable system. You know, the only thing Mario I think it's going to be Luigi really hard Superstar to play these games saga. now because venture through a zany world like... and fight with equally zany attacks. Graphics have come so far. That's that's always the, the hard part. Is Zelda, going back the to the old games. Shrink to miniature size and dive into a big adventure. Local and online play is supported for compatible games, and up to four players can play together. So that's pretty cool. More games will be added to this library as well. Man, I might need to think about getting a Switch. After this presentation, you can play these Game Boy titles with the Nintendo Switch Online membership. Or play both Game Boy and Game Boy Advance titles with the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership. They they That's also interesting though. Um, so <laughs> they also announced. Uh, well, they they threw up a trailer as well of uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which looks pretty cool, which is a sequel. Mm -hmm. uh, they showed a trailer for Metro Prime, which is a remastered copy for the the Switch. Um, uh, they they threw up trailers as well for P Pikmin Four, uh, and Xenoblade Three Season Pass. Um. Uh, Etc. Was it uh, some new game as well? Samba de Amigo as well, which yeah. looks very family friendly. Um, anyway, there's a, there was a whole load of stuff as well. There was some gameplay of the Castlevania DLC, um, a uh, nar nar an adventure game set in the Tron universe as well. So yeah. uh, there was a whole sort of load of stuff as well. They've they've remastered. Um, uh, uh, there's a Nintendo DS game as well, Ghost Trick. So I've never played that. But anyway, come back to that presentation that we just watched together. What do you think? I mean, I think that makes sense. Like those games were so long ago, and you can't play them on any other platform except for a Nintendo. So yeah, it makes sense that if Switch is your platform of the now, that you bring all of those old games back to the now. So it makes you want to get a Switch, does it? I mean, kind of, kind of does. I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh, I'm so glad I've got a Switch. You, to be honest, you could pick up a second-hand one really cheap. Uh, they're, they're... The second-hand ones aren't that bad now. Like, yeah. Mine, mine was second-hand. I had no issues with it being second-hand. I didn't want to play pay brand-new prices. So. Yeah. I mean, if you uh, buy brand-new games, you're still paying brand-new prices. But, you know, at least the system yeah. didn't cost you an arm and a leg. No, well, the one I got because it was second hand, they were selling it with a couple of games as well, so it's actually mm. quite good. So I got Mario Odyssey and um, uh, Zelda, was it Breath of the Wild or something? Mm -hmm. uh, so I was very pleased with that. I, I know I'm quite anti paying brand new prices for games. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I they that's the thing with the new Zelda game they've announced it's going to be like seventy dollars or something. Yeah, that's just insane. Just yeah. I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. Yeah, all the new so, games cost that much. It's it's absurd. Like, I mean, by the time you pay tax and stuff, you're paying like 85 bucks for this game. 
Oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, the thing is, as well, um, a lot of the Switch games hold their value. Well, a lot of Nintendo, even even older, like I was looking up the Mario Wii game, like from a shop, from one of those sort of cash convert type shops over here. They're like 20 quid. Like secondhand, someone's selling it, like on Facebook Marketplace, it's 10 quid. I mean, that's not a bad return even after all those years. Yeah, 10 bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. You spend 10 bucks at Starbucks. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, so I, I, I think, I think those family memberships you can buy them quite cheaply. I can't remember twenty or thirty quid for a family membership for mm-hmm. Nintendo, and it lasts twelve months, and it gives okay. you lim- um gives you unlimited access to all these games. And there's a load of games as well. I know they've got for the sixty four on there and things like that. They didn't they announce recently they um, brought the um. Goldeneye onto the Switch. Yes. So, oh my god, I had a whole bunch of friends that were obsessed with Goldeneye when we were kids. I think, I think to be honest, to pick up the Switch, and if you pay for the the family online expansion pack thing for twelve months, <clears throat> and obviously you carry it, you know, the Switch is a portable device. You're carrying it around, and you might not carry around your whole library, but you're carrying around two or three games on the little cartridges of you, mm-hmm. and then but also you've got access to all those Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. 64 mm-hmm. the the nintendo uh, sorry the nes system and it's only going to be you know time before they eventually put sort of the super nintendo it's quite clever that they've done this they stagger them out you know yeah. the super uh, was it the switch came out in like 2017 mm-hmm. and we're only now in 2023 and they're bringing these things they kind of i would just say that my thoughts on this is bringing these things in you know after all these years says to me that we're probably not far away from a new console so they're uh, trying trying to keep these things, trying to keep this platform still alive by bringing in this content. Yeah. Kind of creates some buzz over a system that's that's on the way now. out. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I I am curious to see what Nintendo do next. If you think about the Nintendo versus the PlayStation and the Xbox, the PlayStation and the Xbox is fairly similar every every generation. Yeah, it's a, it's a box. Yes, a very large but one. Then, yeah. Takes up a lot but, of space and makes a lot of noise. Uh, but Nintendo, every generation. Really, since the Super Nintendo, you know, the GameCube, whilst it is still box, was quite. They're all different. All the Nintendo consoles have been different. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I think Nintendo has, like, not necessarily a corner on the market, but they're portable. Like, the Switch is portable. And that's not something that either Xbox or PlayStation are doing. I mean, PlayStation used to have the PSP, but they don't, you know, they stopped making that a long time ago. But that's, I think that. I, I'm hoping if Nintendo does come out with a new console, it's still going to be something portable because that is their differentiator from the other big two. Yeah. I, well, I, I talk about this Switch. I mean, what was it now? We're like six episodes into the year, and I've mentioned <laughs> my Switch probably every episode. So <laughs> I love the Switch. I think it's like one of the best things going, like yeah. console wise. I love the fact that I can play it on the telly or I can take it on a train with me, and it's the same game. Yeah. So, do, do you know something? Um, when I was watching this, do you remember how, like, back at back in those days, you would have, say, a PlayStation or an Xbox or a Nintendo version of a game, but on the Game Boy, you would have a, you know, a different version of the same game. They would create a Game Boy version of that game. No, do you know what I, I mean? I don't remember like, any crossover like that. No, 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 like it would be, oh, I'm trying to think of an example where, well, I guess a bit like Mario. So you'd have Super Mario, mm-hmm. but it's slightly better graphics on the Nintendo. Yeah. But they would have the Super Mario Game Boy mm-hmm. for the Game Boy, but it would be a less, you know, obviously it would be a Game Boy graphics version. Yeah. But now now with the Switch, it is the same graphics across. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is the same, it's the same game. Yeah. And it would be cool to see Xbox and PlayStation be clever enough i don't know if they want to get into that because that would literally would be ripping off the switch i mean but... it's not though ripping off because like i said playstation had the psp so they've had xbox has never had a handheld <clears throat> but playstation has and they discontinued it so there had to have been a reason why there was no market for the psp but i mean honestly like you say every time they update something the what they're updating at this point are just like the quality of the graphics and the speed at which everything is displayed so the pictures get better and better with each generation of console that xbox and playstation release but like 
there really isn't anywhere else for them to expand to unless they expand into the handheld realm. We'll see. I hope I hope you buy one this year. Hopefully <laughs> find one cheap. And then um I've never done online gameplay, but maybe we could play each other at Mario Kart. Okay, so. I'm terrible, but I I, <laughs> I would try. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mario Kart, it's cool. I, I actually now have four <clears throat> controllers. So we were able to, the other day to play. So the whole family plays now, yeah. Well, we, I literally only got four controllers at the end of last week, so we've only had one go so far. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I, 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 yeah, if you get one, honestly, I'll pay for the online membership and I'll, I'll, I'll beat your ass. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Do you know what though? Sometimes they beat me. Even like mm-hmm. even my eight year old has beaten me. So yeah. it's not. Sometimes I beat her too. <laughs> So, yeah, we didn't really watch anything this week or read anything. Both our jobs were incredibly insane. So, yes, yes. Um, it was, I was a little bit all over the place. So, obviously, I'm not going to talk about work. But, um, but did you, are you still caught up on The Last of Us? <clears throat> uh, I haven't watched episode five, which I know came out on Friday um, in America. I don't know. Actually, I don't even know if it's come out here yet. I haven't oh, yeah, checked, they released but... it early because of the Super Bowl today. Yeah, yeah. So, The Last of Us. Uh, I have watched up to episode four. Me and Steph have been doing Instagram lives. If people want to go watch them, we'll be doing another Instagram live on Wednesday t- to discuss episode five. So anyway, um, we're going to do a bit of trivia and then we'll okay. jump into Our Man and the Wasp. All right. So I've I, no Q&As, but I'll just shout out some trivia of some things, which um, I grabbed from the uh, interwebs. So Gotta love Paul the interwebs. Rupp. Uh, Paul Rudd apparently, oh, he says, really did learn the close-up magic for this movie. So I'm not surprised at all. That definitely seems like something that is very Paul Rudd personality type. <laughs> um, he says, I really did learn some of that magic. I haven't really kept it up, but then again, <clears throat> trying to learn to be really good at magic in a short amount of time is really like trying to learn violin in a short a short amount of time. So, mm-hmm. um, I thought that's pretty cool that he learned that. Yeah. So, um Lawrence Fishburne's son, uh Langston Fishburne, actually played the younger version of Dr. Bill Foster in the movie. Hmm. So I did not know that. Didn't but, either. No, let me see what else is here. Um Peyton Reed promised Michael Douglas that he wouldn't be just a walking exposition machine <laughs> at this time around. <laughs> <laughs> He actually gave him some stuff to do. He even got to yeah, wear a yeah. suit. I actually thought that was great that he wore a suit this time around. I thought that was... Well, we'll talk about that as we get to the film. So, <clears throat> um, Ghost is male in the original comics and is part of Iron Man's rogue gallery, never actually crossing paths with Ant-Man. His powers come from his suit rather than the quantum realm. Uh, he eventually becomes an anti-hero after joining a team of superhumans called the Thunderbolts. Oh, so, do you think we're going to see Hannah John Common with the Thunderbolts? Oh, so, well, they announced initially that she was going to be in the Thunderbolts. Then I did hear potentially not. So I don't know. Oh, hmm. So I they did her. announce that she was going to be in the Thunderbolts, but now potentially not. So, Boo. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I hope that happens. So anyway, um, this marks the second MCU film after Thor Ragnarok to have a female as the leading antagonist in the comic book. In the comic books. Oh yeah, yeah sorry, I don't need to read the rest of that. Um, yeah, so there's not many well, many, many bad better. ladies. Uh, they're getting better. So I like female villains though. I think Valentina uh, is going to step into probably the next like big. Well, bag. she's going to. I assume she's going to be into the Thunderbolts. <clears throat> oh yeah, uh, I think yeah. So yeah, Peyton Reed insisted the film clock in under two hours for two reasons. I knew we were going to be following Infinity War, which was going to be massive, massive, epic. But most importantly, just because this is a comedy and it's action comedy, it didn't want to overstay its welcome. So I wish more people felt that way. We yeah. we really can. I mean, you really can keep a film to under two hours and still be a good film. Like it does not have to be this three hour and twenty five minute thing. Um. So the movie that they watch at the end in the kind of drive in theater thing that they have, uh, where they all shrunk down into sort of matchbox sized cars watching a movie on a laptop, that is called Them from nineteen fifty four. Uh, the classic sci fi flick 
in which giant nuclear ants, uh, which has giant nuclear nuclear ants. So, uh, yeah. Creature features. You got to love the creature features from the fifties when they had no choice but to use the practical effects. And so you've got like this gigantic movable styrofoam ant that looks awful. Uh, hold on. So, so the flashback in the first film to Janet Van Dyne on the missile never show, showed her face, but Peyton Reed told the casting and visual effects department responsible for the barely visible eyes behind the mask that he wanted it to resemble Pfeiffer. Michelle was always my dream casting for that role, and that was never even before we before we knew that we were making a second movie. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so um, I can read out a few more, but I will leave it there. I'm sure you can go and Google and uh, to your heart's content, uh, <laughs> find out more about Ant-Man and the Wasp. So Ant-Man and the Wasp was from 2018. So I'll, I'll do this a little bit again in case you were here last week. The first appearance of Hank Pym was in Tales to Astonish, came out in January 1962, sorry. Uh, and then as Ant-Man in Tales to Astonish in issue 35, September 1962, the first appearance of Scott Lang, Lang sorry, was in The Avengers 181, which came out in March 1979. And as Ant-Man, literally a month later in Marvel premiere, 47, Hope Van Dyne first <clears> appeared <throat> as Hope Pym in a comic called A-Next, came out in April 1999. Well, uh janet van dyne appear, first appearance was in tales to astonish 44 which is in june 1963 now bill foster is one of many characters to go by the moniker of goliath so dr william foster has been known as many things believe it or not he was also once known as black goliath um, oh, of course because so... <laughs> how can you differentiate that he's a black superhero unless you put black in front of the name I, I know. It, that, when I read that earlier, I was like, oh, flip it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dr. Foster was created by Stan Lee and Don Heck uh, in The Avengers 32, which was September 1996. His his Black Goliath persona was created by Tony, Isabel, and George T Tusker in Luke Cage Power Man 24, which came out in April 1975. <laughs> Uh, Foster was ah, actually the 70s. <laughs> Foster was the second giant man and uh, became the fourth Goliath. So um, there we go. So that's that's Goliath. And um, at, but we also got Ghost. So Ghost was male, as we said earlier in the comics. They made her female in the movie. It was created by David Michelin and Bob Layton. And the character first appeared in Iron Man 219, which came out in June 1987. So there was a bunch of characters there. And I personally love how they've modernized these and taken a, a a better approach, shall we say? Uh, yes. So, uh, anyway, this was written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Paul Rudd, Andrew Barr, Gabriel Ferrari, directed by Peyton Reed. And it stars a lot of the same people from the first one, plus a few new ones. So we got Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Pena, Walton Goggins, Bobby Cannavale, Judy Greer, T.I., David Dasmalkian, Hannah John Common, Abby Ryder Forston, Randall Park, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence Fishburne, and Michael Douglas. It's released I love in July. Randall Park, by the way. <laughs> he is so funny. Uh, it's released in July. Uh, sorry, this is getting Americanized. It was released on the 6th of July, 2018. I can't do it the other way around. Um, running time was 118 minutes. You know, it's one minute longer than the last film. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate now, the under two hours. I really do. Thank you, Peyton. I think... That's why we're on that subject. I think when I see a movie's like an hour and 20 minutes, I'm like, it's going to be rubbish. And I've said this to you many times. I think if it's an hour and 20 minutes, it should have just been a TV special. <laughs> um, uh, an hour and a half might squeeze in a good film, but I do think it is between an hour and a half to two hours is where you normally get your better films. I think, I think 90 minutes is the perfect for horror films. Because they're so yeah. high tension that I don't want you to sit and be in high tension for like two and a half hours. Like, oh, nine, yeah, yeah, 90 yeah. minutes for a horror film is perfect. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like that 90 minutes to 120 minutes, that's a sweet spot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I couldn't exactly narrow down the budget for this, but it's goodness, it's no more 195? than one yeah. yeah, it was. It, there was conflicting information, but 195 million top end, and the box office brought in 622.7 million US dollars. So, well, it did make it more than return. the first one. It made more than the first one, and I mm-hmm. would say there's a lot of the reason for that, as we will discuss in a minute. So, <clears throat> do you wanna? throw us up that imdb summary all right so as scott lang balances both being a superhero and a father hope van dyne and dr hank pym press present an urgent new mission that finds the ant-man fighting alongside the wasp to uncover the secrets of their past where was this set okay so <laughs> the first film was phase two this film is phase three it follows after um in game but well i don't know i feel like most of the stuff that they reference in this film is no no this is follows infinity or no 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 it follows infinity oh infinity war, war. my bad i yeah, always yeah. get those two mixed up um well, they make reference to a whole bunch of stuff that happens in civil war um which makes sense you're like this was... well well as of so as a film uh mm-hmm. it follows directly from civil war but in terms of um the release order okay so at the cinema was infinity war and then ant-man and the wasp came out at the cinema after afterwards but i would say that probably this film is going on during the invasion by thanos yes um and then then, as the after credits would have you yeah realize (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i would say that probably a lot of this is going on you know, especially the fight scene at the end and mm-hmm. things like that. I, I would say are probably very early. Maybe Iron Man is currently, you know, maybe as Scott's having his tag taken off, you know, Ant Man is having a fight with Doctor Strange uh, in Times Square, not Times Square, sorry, in New York somewhere with mm-hmm. that those creatures that work for Thanos. I would say that's probably going on around the same time. I would say this film probably starts before Infinity War and kind of ends as the invasion's kicking off maybe yeah um that's kind of what that makes sense it, it, it seems like they built in a time jump it's very nondescript after they after they get hope spoiler i mean not hope um janet but once she's back it's it definitely seems like there is a time jump between when they get her to the end of the film that sequence that we see at the very end yeah so i think <clears throat> we have ant-man one then Captain America Civil War happens. And then obviously we have Ant-Man 2. And I would say Ant-Man 2, if they were to be shown by, like, you know, mirror mirror them on the TV, I would say that as Scott's sort of having his tag off and getting released, that invasion's happening. Then the titles come up maybe, I don't know, an hour or two. I don't know. Or maybe there's a, or maybe I'm wrong at all. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe the invasion hasn't happened at all. And then the tiles rock up, and then the invasion's kicking off, and then yeah, so I don't know, but it kind of ends where the invasion has just come into a you know come into its yes. thing, and he clicks his fingers. It it so, ends the same way that Infinity War ends, where people just get dusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so Phase Three, we've got Captain America: Civil War, Doctor Strange. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Then we have Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. So this is near the end of Phase 3, this film. I remember, we won't won't talk about Infinity War, but when Infinity War ended, and it was like a year from then to uh, Endgame coming out, I knew that Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel were coming out. And and obviously we couldn't grasp how that was going to work because yeah. he clicks his fingers and everyone and you know fifty percent of the world well fifty percent of all civilization has disappeared. Mm-hmm. I was like, how on earth are we going to? What's going to happen? Live Ant Man, but actually it was done well. So yeah. and even Captain Marvel, <clears throat> I didn't know I didn't know that was going to be set in the eighties. So yeah, um, and then we come back to Endgame and it all nicely comes together so yeah although um, i think i would say like my one dislike about well not one but uh the biggest dislike i had about <clears throat> ant-man and the wasp is 
this movie relies heavily on you having been very familiar with what happened in Civil War. So if you did not see Captain America Civil War, this film makes no sense because you don't understand why there's tension between Hank and Hope and um and Scott. Like the whole film to me hinges on the events of what happened in Civil War. Whereas mm. the first film definitely felt very much like a standalone film. Like they referenced the Avengers, obviously. I mean, but you could have watched the first Ant-Man without really having like that deeper MCU understanding. But with this film, like it's been a long time since I've seen Civil War. So there were parts where I was like, why are they mad at him? Like what happened? And so then I had to go back and just kind of revisit briefly Civil War. And then I was like, okay, okay, I get it now. So um, yeah, I I forget that the deeper we go into the MCU, the more, the more you have to have seen in order to get all of the nuance. So like if you had not seen Civil War, then you don't understand the emotional like drama that is happening in this film at all. Have you seen that meme of um, uh, comic uh, movie viewer in 2043 oh. sits down to, to watch the latest Marvel movie <clears throat> and before watching it has to watch 374 films <laughs> and 84 series just to understand this latest movie? Yeah. So, yeah. I had to you know, I have been wondering for a while before we talk about this film. Will they bring the MCU to a close? Because I think that I wouldn't say now. And maybe not for another 10 years, but maybe <clears throat> maybe in the next 10 years we need to bring the MCU to a close and and then relaunch it at some point. So I mean I don't I, know if they would, but I don't think bringing just, it to a close, but I think they're definitely gonna wrap up these old heads. And I think eventually we are gonna get these younger kids. Like we're gonna get the Spider-Mans and the Ironhearts and the Kamala Khans, like. They're, I think they're going to hand off everything to a younger generation. And it'll be one of those things where it's like those younger ones are going to be mention what happened. But it's always going to be like like how they did with the Netflix series, like how they always just call the invasion the event. They never really mm. spoke about it. They never really talked about it. But like you knew what they were talking about, um, but they didn't have to get into any details. So I think eventually it's going to be you're going to have this whole younger cast. And they will make reference to what happened. Like, you know, they'll probably talk about the snap or they'll talk about something, but they're going to have their own new villains and new plot lines. And so there's going to be like a disconnect between the original MCU and then the new MCU. But I don't think that they're going to write off the MCU and then start something new. I think they're just going to they're they're essentially going to be like, this is version one and this is, you know, version two. No, I don't think they will. But I just think... There's a point where it's probably gone a bit too long now, and yeah, well, they're gonna have to do I, like they do with comics. Like every every so often in comics, they reintroduce the starting point, right? So it's like they take all of this information, and then they're like, okay, so now we're gonna start the whole damn thing over, and we're gonna do this. So I think I think they do need to move away from being afraid to recast, though. I... Yeah, that's why I think they're gonna go with the younger kids. I think a lot of the series that they put on Disney Plus. Um, it's like a primer. So they're priming those younger characters to make their cinematic debut. And so I think that'll be like a changing of the guard when all of those young characters come out of the series and into the cinema. Mm, same. Anyway, what's your overall thoughts on this movie? Um, I like the upgraded technology that we get in this movie. I think that's probably some of the most exciting stuff, like the way that they have an entire carton of shrinking cars like i think that's so cool um so i just love how everything is just a little bit more advanced than it was before um but as far as like plot wise and all of that it doesn't feel very different at all than the first film it it feels it it feels more like a okay this worked the first time let's just do the same thing again the second time but it doesn't have the same effect the second time around if that makes sense i really i enjoy both that man and man and the wasp i think they're nice sort of family movies same the <clears> mcu <throat> they're not they're not dark and twisted and they're they're also i think well well structured and well written uh comedy and action are qu- completely well balanced and you never would have thought paul rubb would be such a great leading man yeah. and although angelina uh, i always struggle to say her name angelina evangeline <laughs> 
Uh, Angela Lilly. Uh, she's a great leading lady too. Mm-hmm. And there was something I was reading as well that Peyton Lead wanted to treat them both as equals, like on the same footing. But it wasn't Paul Rudd's movie. It mm-hmm. is their movie. So I thought that was great as well. Um, I, th- I thought overall, was, it was quite a large cast. And I thought they were all handled well. So mm-hmm. it's like even, um, what was it, Lewis? Just getting his... Um, <laughs> Even even he gets some action, so I thought that was great. Yeah. Hank, Hank Pym gets some action. Yeah, we also Hank get, gets we to even, suit up. We even get nice family moments. Like, was it? I I had to really get her name. Uh, Abby Forston, who plays Cassie. Yeah, like, she was obviously going to age up at yeah. some point, but in those films, she's so adorable. Like, yeah, and I just but she's I also like so like headstrong too. She's like, I could be your partner. Like, I could help you. Yeah. We could do this together, yeah. Dad. And he's like, Well. Yeah. I uh, need I uh, need someone a bit older. I love how they were hurt too. <laughs> she she like was like feisty with the FBI guys. Yes, I don't. Know. Yeah, so that kid think, had a lot of personality. That's for sure. I think with the Ant Man <clears throat> movies, though, whilst they, especially this film, was leveraged off of Civil War, Captain mm-hmm. America: Civil War. These films have always felt on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they obviously do tie in things like shield and you know that those kind of things they they still are very much i feel on their own and i don't know i like that i like that you can pick them up and they are generally on their own yeah okay civil war did you know bounce scott into some trouble at the start but equally it wasn't like his character was never in trouble before so this was yeah. i think a nice little similarity that the first film started with him in prison Mm-hmm. This film starts with him on house arrest. Well, actually, the whole film is him on house arrest. So his character has unfortunately seen problems as well. So I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the adventure side of it all and, and just everything. Hold on, isn't Shang-Chi set in San Francisco? Yes, it is. And they make reference in Shang-Chi about uh, when when something happens, he's like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not that guy. Like they make reference to Ant- Ant-Man. Um, oh, I'll have to rewatch. I'll, yeah, I'll have to rewatch Shang Chi now because I haven't seen this since San Francisco. Some of the some of the chase scenes, sort of where they're going down the hills mm-hmm. and stuff, it made me think of the beginning of Shang Chi, where we had that huge fight at the beginning the of the sort yeah. of the, yeah the bus thing. Um, and so, I really hope Shang Chi and Ant Man like that would be so cool. Like, I think they yeah. would be like ridiculous together. Honestly, do you know what I really want to see? And I I don't know if they would do this, but I would love to see an Ant Man and the Fantastic Four film. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. So I think, I think if would... we could get a Fantastic Four film that was a little bit less humor heavy than the first sequence with Chris Evans, mm-hmm. and but like not nearly as heavy as that remake that we got. Like I think the Fantastic Four needs to be some kind of happy medium. Like we don't mm. need super campy like we first got, but we also don't need a Batman version of Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there needs to be some middle ground. I think I think Fantastic Four would benefit from a director like Peyton Reed because he can balance the action and the humor. Um, mm. but I think this yeah this this film definitely was <clears throat> well balanced from family drama. Mm-hmm. from both the Pims and with the Langs. I think the family drama's done well. The side yeah. characters are handled well. I think Peyton Reed did a really good job balancing such a huge cast, as well as keeping, you know, your two, your two main characters front and centre, but mm-hmm. also sort of developing that world around them in such yeah. a cool way. And, yeah, like the technology, the inventiveness of, yes. you know, pick, picking up the matchbox. Uh, sorry, what's it called? Not the matchbox. The, um, the oh, lab? The, uh, no, the... Um, Oh, so the you know the Matchbox toys, the cars. What mm-hmm. they called the is it Matchbox? Is that what yeah. they're called? Yeah, yeah. The where they where it's like oh the the van won't work or whatever, and they're like oh open up the Matchbox thingy, and and then yeah. he's suddenly like looking out all these cars. I, I remember as a kid, like every time I had much Matchbox cars, thinking oh, I'd love to own this when I'm older. Yeah. How cool would that be to actually just flick that up, and then there you go. There's some exactly that's so cool. hot, hot, hot Wheels. Hot Wheels and Matchbox, yeah. yeah, they, yeah so they Wheels, were both yeah. they were both things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, so 
nicely segue into characters. So we always shout out favourite characters, but with this movie, such a large volume of characters, I think it's difficult to always have one favourite character. But do you do you have any favourites or standouts from this movie? Um, let's see. I would say of like the the I thought Walton Goggins, but I'm biased. I really like Walton Goggins. <laughs> so like I mean, naturally, I would pick him. I just I love him so much, especially from Justified. But he was a nice addition to me. Like we we had like the big executive bad guy in the first one. So like having this kind of skeezy second rate villain in the second one, it just kind of added to the humor to me. And I thought Walton carried that well. Um, so I enjoyed him. His character is really like nothing to write home about, but I like I enjoyed the energy he brought to the role. <clears throat> but I would say if I had to pick one favorite character, it's got to be Cassie. I thought she was so... Oh, p- pick, pick two then, pick two. Because I uh, see okay. it's a big cast. It's a big cast. I did. I really like Cassie. I, I just... She was so like defiant, but she was also like this sweet kid that really loved her dad. And like at the very end, when she's given him that like pep talk, and she, he's she's like, "You can do anything, Dad. You're the world's greatest grandma." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a great line! Oh honestly. my god, it was so oh. good. And it's like the relationship between Cassie and Scott is so endearing. Like it's so endearing, and I just love like. The whole time, like at the beginning when they're explaining that trophy and he's like, I am so happy that you gave me that you think I am the world's greatest grandma. And she's casually, she's just like, look, man, that was the only trophy they had left. And I wanted to give you a trophy. That was all they had. So you are the world's greatest grandma. Like just the banter that they have with each other, like for an adult and a kid to be able to talk to each other the way that they do. Like, I just love the way that their relationship plays out on screen. So Cassie was definitely Uh one of my favorites in this film. No, I agree with you about her. I, and I think it's great that we had that opening scene with them in a sort of made up fortress and, mm-hmm. and even her lines like, oh, I the popo. Like, yeah. <laughs> now, I know those lines were written for her, but uh, having ha- having young children of an eight, eight and 12, <clears throat> I would definitely say my children are a lot more open to hearing things like that and um, yeah. <laughs> speak, speak, speaking like that. I don't think I've ever heard them say popo, but they say yeah. things that do catch me off guard and make me laugh. And, yeah. Um, well, I imagine you yeah. guys don't call them popos over there, whereas <laughs> we do here. <laughs> well, if uh, it makes us laugh when there's like people, uh, people, you know, just young men, mm-hmm. shall we say, that think they are gangsters. You know, oh, you yeah, know yeah. those types that of sit course. at the back. That sit at the back of the bus, like you know, <laughs> so, and refer to the police over here as the feds. <laughs> and that 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 always makes me laugh when I hear that, and I'm like, yeah, they they that's right. That's the Federal Bureau of Investigation driving down the high street. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> the FBI are driving down the high street. Okay, sure, and uh. <laughs> like, and uh like yeah and no, i hear that a few times. anyway luckily my children don't see those speak like that but uh, but he they did do call her out on it he was like popos but <laughs> 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 well, i thought that relationship was great i thought she was yeah. really good to be honest yeah um, me too i'll be honest one of my favorite characters a character i didn't really feel got enough time but um H- hannah john john yeah Cameron, who played yeah. Ava. i i loved her the backstory she gave us and i loved mm-hmm. i loved uh her role throughout the movie um i personally don't feel she got enough screen time or really a conclusion that was fitting for the development that we had for her but right i love her as an actress and um mm-hmm. I, i've never seen kill jo- well i've seen a couple of episodes of kill oh my god Killjoys is up. so fun it is so fun it is it is something i want to watch Killjoys, but i watched a show with her um it was on netflix it came out um The Stranger. I liked that. That was an eight episode series on Netflix. Um, I know she. I've seen her here and there. Um, mm-hmm. She had a tiny role in Tomb Raider, and I saw him Ready, Ready Player One. But she's a really good actress, and I thought she really stood out for me. But um, it's got a really good cast, to be honest. Even Michelle Pfeiffer, when she rocks up at the end, steals yeah. that, steals <clears> out <throat> that sort of moment. And mm-hmm. yeah, you've got a really strong cast here. Like, you know. Do you agree that it's a really good, strong cast? I do. I think, like, my faults with the film don't have anything to do with the actual actors. Like, it's just sort of (laughs) directional choices, I would say. Um, But, like, everybody works really well together. And I think that that 
especially as these films get bigger and bigger, like it's so much harder to wrangle in all of those people, but they do so well. It just, it almost feels like everybody on these sets, like they're actually friends and that's why they can yeah, give, give so us what well. we get on screen. Right. Like it just seems like they actually enjoy being working together. Um, even Nor- even, <clears throat> even Lawrence Fishburne, he had like maybe three scenes, but he mm-hmm. just carried them so well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's not surprising. It's Morpheus, but <laughs> you know, they they have done so well in getting such strong, well developed actors, actors that we know yeah. and are familiar with. Yeah. But actually, they are able to handle these characters so well. And mm. you know, we've talked about this last time with Michael Douglas, how he carried the comedy and the action so well. Yeah. Like, he's so straight laced, and yeah, I think I think for me, if I was to choose a second favorite character, it <clears> would be Hank. Hank, to be okay. honest. I think he, he his, does seem to journey. have a little bit more personality in this one. Yeah, I think so. He's still so, a very cranky old man, but like <laughs> he he seems to have a bit more personality uh, this time around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. um this is the part of the review where we chat about the structure of the movie, the writing, our favorite scenes, anything we may change or not change, but we've kind of alluded to a little bit already. But mm-hmm. um I think it's well written. I think the dialogue yeah. between them is brilliant, you know. We're always going to love Lewis's monologues whenever yes. we get them. I would but love I always to see love more. how people call him out on his meandering stories. Like nobody ever <laughs> lets him get away with it. Like <laughs> Walton Goggins is like, man, I'm asking you where Scott Lang is. And he's like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And then you've got the two knuckleheads in the background that are like, yo, you put a dime in the machine. You got to let the whole thing play, man. You just, you <laughs> I just, love that. I you love riled that. him up. You got to let him, you got to let him play the whole thing out. Like you can't just get the piece you need. You got to hear the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I would love to sit with him and hear that whole thing. Right, so yeah, um, but they were like, "Where, where is he?" It was very clever because he knew he had truth serum, mm-hmm. but he was like, "Well, I'm talking about where he is emotionally." Yeah, and like, I no, I don't want to know where he is emotionally. I want to know where he is physically. They're like, "Ah, oh, he's at the fifth. Or, yeah, you know, you know, he's on the corner or whatever it was." He said, like, and then, um, but yeah, I no, that was great. That was well. He well thought that out, thinking, okay, I've got truth serum in me. So if I yeah. just talk about where he's at emotionally, yeah. that will answer that question. And like, the banter, like it's not truth serum. And then everybody else is like, I mean, if it quacks like a duck, like it's truth serum, man. It's not truth serum. It's something else. I know. Well, pretty sure it's truth. Love serum. those three characters. Yeah. And I honestly, hope they are in the sequel. So, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember seeing them in the trailer, but I hope they really are in the sequel. I mean, they have know, to be, right? Like they gotta be. I know. I know there's a good chunk of this movie I'm I'm gonna imagine is in the quantum realm now. Yeah. Um, so. But somebody's gonna have to help them while they're still in San Francisco. So. Yeah. So. We'll see. Oh, don't want to allude. Don't want to even. I'm excited for that third one, but yeah. Well, do you know one of my favorite mo- scenes actually throughout this film was the end chase scene. Mm-hmm. So where, where I loved how Hank suited up in his old Ant-Man costume mm-hmm. and he goes into the quantum realm and there's nothing better than going to save his wife. I think that is brilliant. I love mm-hmm. the fact that it's, they sort of alluded to who was going to do before the, you know, hope was going to go. Mm-hmm. Scott wanted to go, but now Hank was like, no, look, it's me. I'm going to go. Yeah. And that, like, that, you guys got to stay right here thing. and protect the building. Like yeah. I'll and... go, but I, he, cause he knew better. He's like, I can't fight nobody. Like I'm old. I can, I can <laughs> drive this damn machine, but like, I ain't about to fight nobody. So y'all stay and fight and I'm going to go do the work. Uh, and I, so I love that they've got this fight scene, you know, shrinking cars. Mm-hmm. They've got a fight ghost who's phasing in and out of different vans and everything <clears> like that. But in that whole thing, the person I thought really came into her own was the wasp. I mm-hmm. thought she really was the badass throughout that whole scene. Oh yeah, she, you know, and I love the fact that she's teamed up with Lewis. So yes. uh, it, they, that's a really odd dynamic between the two of them. Yes, because she is so stoic. Like she is just so just straight laced, and Louise is just out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I love that she looks down. She's you know she's like shrinking things <clears throat> making things big whatever mm-hmm. and then she sees the pez on the floor throws that out and i love how that pez gets ginormous yes the hello and kitty pez. Like, <laughs> uh, and then lewis is like man you just got pears <laughs> <laughs> honestly that was just so good that was such a good moment so i love yeah. i love that whole fight scene that was really good i think for a movie if i'm being totally honest didn't really have a strong villain no, that's, I didn't. It, yeah, <clears throat> Walton Goggins, um, his character, his name I can't even remember. And then we've got Ghost. Mm-hmm. Neither of them really carry the film in terms of, of villains, mm-hmm. I, I don't think. But as a as again, as an overall 
film it was enjoyable um but it you know i don't think there's anything i probably would have cut or changed but i i well no there is i think actually i would like to see more development of ghost and i'd mm. like to see more of a real ending so uh is there anything you would have cut or changed at all um i think i would have i don't know i think i would have tried to have kept the overflow of civil war to the beginning i would not have made that a thread that runs throughout the entire film oh so they um, keep making the cap jokes don't they yeah 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 i would have i would have at the beginning like you address it you get it out of the way at the beginning and then you just tell your story versus th this one feels very very much like an mcu film like the other one felt like a standalone ant-man film this one feels like an mcu film where it's like they make reference to all of these other characters on a regular basis versus just a one-off two-off conversation that you're having with someone um yeah. so i mean that's the that's the only thing i would have changed like i said because when i started this at the beginning i was like why is everybody so upset with scott and then it was like oh yeah civil war okay so then i had to go yeah. back and kind of just remember what happened in civil war did you have any favorite moments in the film? Yeah, you were talking about that uh, fight sequence at the end. Like, yeah. there is one point where Hope, like, shrinks and then expands out the back window and then comes back in through the front window and, like, knocks the guy out that's driving the van. And I just thought that was so cool, the way she shrinks and grows while she's fighting and she does it so seamlessly. So I love that entire sequence, driving through San Francisco, messing up stuff the things getting bigger and smaller i just love like the whole last i would say like the last 20 minutes of the film was probably it was just so fun so much fun and i wrote i wrote this down actually some questions so just wonder what your thoughts were do you think janet has powers now i think yes and she specifically said to uh hank when they got in that vehicle to go back to the normal realm that this place changes you mm -hmm. so she didn't specifically say like what changed about her but like she definitely acknowledged that she is not the same person that she was before she disappeared so she is definitely different and i guess we're going to find out exactly how different she is when when she comes face to face with kang in this third film Okay, because I think... feel like her and Kang have a history. Like for yeah, her being down so. there for thirty years, I think her and Kang cross paths, and I think that she's going to be some kind of hinge pin to that whole conflict that is happening in the quantum realm in this third film. I, I definitely think. Well, one and two have been <clears> very <throat> isolated. Mm -hmm. Number three is going to be a, a game changing film for the MCU. Yes, so... I think number three is going to be one of those really important ones, like. Number three is going to be like an infinity war. Like it's going to mm -hmm. be one of those films that the implications spread out to everyone else up until now, Ant-Man had been one of the films that just absorbs the impact from some of the other MCU films. But this quantum mania is going to now become the film that spreads out. And now other films are going to be affected by what happens here. So Ant-Man mm -hmm. to me, this, this franchise is jumping itself from a secondary character to now becoming a main character in the MCU. That's at, oh, definitely, at the, yeah. that's how I feel before having seen the film. So we'll see if, if I feel any different after the film. I know I'm curious to see what you think. So well <clears throat> we'll both we'll both see what we think next week. Yeah. So do you think Ghost has been fixed? No. Um, I don't think because, she has been. Yeah, because at the end that's what that whole sequence is about. They have to go back to the quantum realm to get more of those healing particles for her. Mm -hmm. So I think at some point, somebody is going to have to make her a suit where the suit is always powered by these quantum crystals or whatever in order for her to not phase. Mm -hmm. So I think if I, they actually bring her into the Thunderbolts, that could be like an important plot point for her character in the Thunderbolts. Because like if she somehow becomes destabilized again, then she could become like this villain again right like i think because at the end of the film they imply that the only reason that she was behaving the way that she was behaving was because she was looking for a cure for herself and so now that she is cured so to speak uh that she wants to atone for the bad things that she's done 
But I think that that is only going to last as long as she is stable. If she becomes unstable, like if her molecules become unstable again, I think she's going to step right back into that bad guy role. Yeah, I was curious about the guys, uh, bad guys. It's a, and I find it a bit frustrating that this happened in 2018 and we're in 2023 and we've had numerous movies and TV shows and nothing about ghosts has been mentioned. We've had mm-hmm. different, you know, like um, that FBI guy showing up in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You know, there's numerous people who have made cameos, like you say, throughout because the MCU does ripple <coughs> from it across from one show mm-hmm. to the other a lot of the time. And ghosts, yeah we've not seen and don't know the answer to because she was on death's door and as heroes you would have thought there'd be some sort of savior thing going on mm-hmm. so i'm curious to see and i don't imagine for one minute that she's going to be in ant-man 3 so i think that some somebody else has got to pick this up and tell us what happens to her. <clears throat> so yeah i mean i think I thunderbolt is going to be the only way that we get more of her so if they have or... already decided she's not going to be in thunderbolts and i don't know this this could be the only thing we see a well, ghost and it could be one of those things where the mcu is like well we just kind of hope you forget about that or, or she gets her own thing so uh, I, don't I, don't think, know. I don't see that happening yeah i don't it wasn't don't a strong enough character to warrant its own thing like i think ghost would be great as part of an ensemble cast like if if ghost was part of the thunderbolts because i think actually ghost and yelena could have a really interesting relationship because they both have this like I used to do bad things for other people. And now I have decided that I don't want to do bad things for other people anymore. I want to be different. So her and Yelena kind of have similar backstories. Um, So I think that they could actually, they probably would be like antagonists at first, but I think that they actually have a lot in common and they could get along well together. So I think that that could be an interesting relationship if they decide to bring Ghost into the Thunderbolts. Um, I found another article that said just now saying Thunderbolts, it appears that Hannah will be part of the Thunderbolts after all, and there's conflicting information or conflicting reports or something like that. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see until, to be honest, wait until there's see. a trailer, until there's a trailer, who knows? Yeah. This last question, uh, oh, sorry, my, my thoughts, by the way, on those first two. I think Janet has powers. I think also Janet probably has come across Kang, mm-hmm. maybe either... I'm what I'm assuming there's some sort of I don't know society within the quantum mm-hmm. realm. Like it would be quite boring if it was just Janet and Kang. Yeah. Um, and I, mites, I, <laughs> amoebas, or whatever those things were. I, I would love to know how this works though, in terms of a society, humanoid society. Yeah. That's tiny. Tiny. I don't know. I'm curious. So, uh, is Ghost fixed? My my thoughts are no. But I don't know how we've gone from 2018 to whenever the Thunderbolts come out without her being fixed. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll get an element of a backstory on that. This last question is a bit more of a joke. Uh, How how did they not hear about Thanos when they were doing their tests in that car park? So what do you think? I think, didn't they mention, um, I'm pretty sure the Avengers mentioned something about Scott in Endgame and made reference to the fact that he was on house arrest. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, they. Said I, that, I, I think, think they yeah. left him out on purpose, and because most of what happens in Endgame happens in space, so I think it's very easy for them to not be as caught up on what's going on because no, oh, they so weren't no, in space. It, no, it was Infinity War, and then Endgame. He was in Endgame. Um, no, what I mean is during Infinity War, that's when Thanos and everybody comes to Earth. And oh, right. They fight in Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then he clicks his fingers and everyone fades to dust. What I'm saying is, um, and obviously we had that sequence at the end in the uh, titles where Nick Cage disappears as well. So when he disappears, that's probably when Janet and everyone disappears. But I'm just wondering, <laughs> it's, a really, it's a joke, really, because how slow is the news? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, you know, that... I think it's just we're going to just have to uh, allow them that one. So yeah, it's a it's an unresolved plot hole, <sighs> yeah, so to speak. So. Yeah, but they do they are looking for Ant Man in uh, what is it in in game yeah, yeah, yeah because uh, at one point Cap is like, has anyone heard from Scott? And yeah. they were like, no. So they kind of assume that he got snapped, but they're not really sure. Mm-hmm. So. I guess if you disappear for five years, they're going to assume that you got snapped. So yeah, except he was stuck in the quantum realm. That that was one of my favorite scenes in Endgame when he comes back in that van. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so ratings out of five for Ant Man and the Wasp, what would you give it? Um, 
I think I'd give this one a three and a half. I think I'd... Did I say 3.75 last time? I think I did. I thought you were higher last time. I think I gave the other... I think I gave the first one a four. Okay. No, I'm going to give this a four. Okay. I like, yeah, I like this one. It was good. So, um, overall, it was a nice film. It's not... It's not it doesn't hurt anyone. It's yeah. nice to watch. I would watch it again. No issues. Yeah. I'm so, just very interested to see... Ant-Man go from this secondary character to Ant-Man being an important character. You know, what almost I mean? like, like an Avenger. I would say it's like an Avenger. Then. Yeah, like I'm. So I'm honestly like this. This next film, the third one, is one of the MCU films that I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Just because I know it's going to have so many implications. Like it's it's going to have a big impact. So I really, really want to see how they take the secondary character from the MCU and like make it this impactful thing so i'm mm. very excited to see quantumania this weekend so next episode we'll be reviewing ant-man and the wasp quantumania shocker oh How wow did you, Who actually knew? See that coming? did you see that coming <laughs> you can follow us on geeks unleashed uh so on social media as geeks unleashed on instagram facebook and twitter come say hello Yes, and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, we're everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Look, everyone, have a good week. Don't work too hard. Uh, we'll see you next week. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey.